Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Welcome to Breaking Bones Sunday morning. We hope we have a great Sunday at the Players. But we're going to talk sports injuries for the next 30 minutes. You will have play-by-play action coming up later on right here on the Superstation. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays, right here. And my man, Dr. George Bari, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. I call him Geo. You can call him Doc. But if you have sports injuries, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 and hit us with any joint pain question, whatever it might be. Uh, Geo, you are, you know, the beautiful thing about the game of golf is that you can go to a football game and you can't really dress up like the football player, right? That's true. You cannot put on shoulder pads. You know, young Geo might get away with this, but you're not. <laughs> the game of golf is the only sport where you can dress up like your favorite player. Yeah. And you can go out there and you can stroll around like your, I don't know, like your Eldrick or something. That's true. And you can also, like, you know, you can't dress up like your football player, but in football games, yeah. you can yell and scream like your football player does when they celebrate. Yeah. And in golf is the same way. You can just... Be quiet yeah. and not say anything the whole time, like the golf, the golf and then, player. And then occasionally you go, yeah, golf clap. You know, I don't. I never understood that. And I know. I'm listen. I'm not a golf. I don't play golf, right? So Which maybe, I've got to get you. Maybe out this to is why. I just yeah. I played a couple times. I'm not good. Yeah, and maybe that's why. But none of us are. You know, we do surgery with music. Uh huh. How come someone can't hit a golf ball with well, people talking in music? It's funny. TPC Scottsdale is the only place, and it's only on one hole where they basically invite noise because they want them to just kind of raise cane or whatever, and they boo them. And they, you know, it's so cool. You would love this. You go to the tournament, and there's people that are smart enough and plan well in advance, and they have basically bios on every player in order as they're coming through 16. They will pass them out and get players kind of get their attention. Uh, hey, bro, how was Brittany back in the 10th grade? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the player will be going, like, what? what? How did you know that? And so they'll do fun stuff, and then they'll boo them if they hit a bad shot. It's the only place on tour that, that this happens. Do the players like it? I, they, had to, they had to figure it out. They had to embrace it. And so some of them do. Like two years ago, Harry Higgs, I'm doing the play-by-play, international TV, as you know, Doc. And one guy hits a putt. And rips his shirt off, okay? Harry Higgs, we call him Big Beautiful. He should always have his shirt on, okay? (laughs) Did he get in trouble? No, because it's just, I'm sure he might have said, someone might have said, the tour might have said, um, we don't, we'd like to keep. We don't condone that type of behavior (laughs) here. We'd like to keep our shirts on if we can. But anyway. This is not live. Yeah, exactly. The only time where you do hear the cheering, the howling, the, you know, back and forth is the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. Because it's the team setting. Speaking of which, yep. I just mentioned I, you know, I'm not a big golfer because I don't play golf. Maybe because I'm bad at it. Yeah. Well, but guess I, what? I, I just I'm going to break this news to you right now. Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to the Ryder Cup. Are you in Italia? No kidding. I am. Oh, dude. You know what you're going to be? You're going to have to learn the game, and you're going to be our correspondent. I got to start watching. You're going to be our XL, out. our XL prime man. Uh, you know what I man. said to myself? Because I watched, you know, the NFL, I'm, I'm sorry, the Formula One Drive to Survive. Yeah. And I fell in love with Formula One, and right. now I'm all into it. I think if I watch, they have the same the, type the of thing series. in golf, and I've yeah. heard from people that it's really good. Yeah. I I said to myself, I'm going to watch it, because I try to get into golf, and it just, 
I have no connection, right? It's just difficult mm-hmm. when you don't know anything about right. anybody. You do know a good golfer. Well, right. it, it's me. And so I think I, I said to myself, I'm going to watch it, and yeah. maybe that will give me the connection I need to, to start watching. I love it. I love it. You were going to be our man, our boots on the ground. Uh, Tell G- me a couple of dollar bills, and I'll correspond from there. <laughs> exactly. Geo, in the game of golf. All right, I love it. Now, we have got all sorts of things to get into, but just on, you know, I just want to bring, I just want to bring this up real quick uh, because – you and I have been talking about this, and like you said, you're, you're not a, a big golf fan. I don't know that people on the First Coast realize how big this golf tournament is. Forget about the fact that they're playing for $4.5 million first place prize. It's a $25 million purse. Forget about that. It's always been the, the biggest purse Small in details. golf. Small details. Yeah. It's always been the biggest purse in golf, but we know what's happened with Liv. They've, you know, they've kind of forced the hand of the tour. Now the tour's raised. The- so how much was this before Liv? It was probably $18 million, $19 million. So Now it's up. 25 So I would say Liv has helped the PGA Tour, at least the players. Yeah, I feel like more than anything else, just like your business, our business, competition comes to town, you got to pay attention, right? And, and, yeah. and that's basically what happened. But I'm telling you, this is the fifth biggest tournament in the world. For golf? Yeah. You mean like this – in the whole world? In the whole world. Like the amount of people that come in? I, it's not that necessarily. It's watching. The, it's, it's the importance of the tournament. Really? Okay, people don't realize that I did here. not realize that. Okay, people go out there, they watch, they party, they have fun. I have, a, I have such a big time, but I don't think they realize how big this golf tournament is to the world. Wow. The four majors, that's pretty obvious. You know that the Masters is probably first. The Open might be second when we're talking globally. Uh, the Open might be the biggest when we're talking globally. PGA, PGA Championship and then uh, the United States Open. Every, every player that grows up dreams of winning one of those four. Now every player that grows up dreams of winning the players. I'm part of the international broadcast. We are seen by 228 countries really? in the world. And they will flat out tell you they're coming in from Finland, from Austria, from Australia, South Africa, all of them. And they're like, this is the fifth biggest tournament huh. in the world. So are you going to be working this tournament? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be working later. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Just trying to deliver the play-by-play. Do you gargle with salt water and vinegar before you go? I kind of get into my golf mindset. Uh, I swig that non-alcoholic whiskey that you oh, bought. It's still uh, sitting there, by the way. <laughs> That thing's nasty. Yeah, it is pretty nasty. All right, let's get into a few things, okay? Sports injury related. If you got a sports injury question, you've got a, a, a nagging ache and pain, uh, trust the man uh, that we trust, okay? Geo can handle it. Uh, 641-1010. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Now, i got to bring up Calvin Ridley, okay? Calvin Ridley writes in the Players' Tribune earlier this week, mm-hmm. Ridley, reinstated by the National Football League, he is now uh, officially a Jaguar. As you know, you're a Jaguar fan. Young Geo's got to be excited about this. Dude's going to come in. If you look at his last 17 games, 1,300 yards, a bunch of catches, all this stuff. So we're we're talking this guy should come in as advertised. We haven't seen him on a football field, will not have seen him on a football field in a real game for like basically 21, 22 months, okay? Because we're going back to – I think it was October or November of 21, Doc, the last time we saw him. Yeah. Okay, I think it was November. Anyway, he comes out and he says that he played hurt in 2020, the last time we – or, yeah, 2020 when this happened. All right, he goes, hardly anybody knows this, but I played most of the 2020 season with a broken foot, 
Remember that 1,300-yard season, nine touchdowns? I was killing it on one foot, for real. Actually, I had I had played through bone spurs my first two years, just gritted through it with painkillers. But then my third year, the wheels came off. Week eight, we're playing Carolina. I remember looking at uh, Julio Jones, and I just said, bro, ah, this is different. My blank broke, meaning his foot. He, said, he phrased it differently than that. He said, when I got the MRI, the trainer told me it was just a bone bruise. So I kept pushing. I told I took Toradol shots every Sunday, and I finished the season. Listen, I know the deal. I'm a football player. It was my decision. I know what we got paid for. You feel me? If it's really just a bruise, I'm going to be out there. Finished 4-12. and 12. Then the whole staff got fired. This is where it gets juicy. This is Calvin Ridley in the Players' Tribune. Whole staff got fired. Coach, GM, head trainer, everybody. When the new trainer finally came in, he sent me to a specialist in Green Bay. Within the first hour, the doctor said, your foot is definitely broken. Now, I got one more quote, but just take it from there, Gio. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, some, that's some stuff right there. That's some heavy-duty stuff. That, that is, a, that, that is a, a lot of stuff. Like now, these guys having to play, th- play through pain because they realize their job's on the line. And maybe someone not uh, not caring as much about, yeah, that's set health. That's um, that's like us, um, you know, having the flu and coming and giving it to everybody. But <laughs> you try to go to work. But yeah, um, you know, these guys get paid a lot of money. They they have expectations to play, and if you don't play, you lose your job. Mm-hmm. But now saying that, um, his injury that mm-hmm. was diagnosed as a bone bruise, right? Right. Uh, what it sounds like is they got an X ray. They didn't see anything. So then they got an MRI. They told him it's a bone bruise, and what that shows up is like it lights up. You have looks like a edema in the bone. Okay, uh, he played, explain he edema played, just real quick. Edema is just you know swelling in right. the bone. He plays, he plays, he plays, still hurting. Different staff comes in. He goes to Dr. Robert Anderson, who's kind of the foot and ankle guy up in Green Bay, who was at that course mm-hmm. that I went that, to. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, and he gets an MRI and shows, hey, it's not bone edema. You have a fracture. Okay. Now I will say this. A lot of times on MRI, it's very difficult to tell whether you have edema or is it a stress reaction or a stress fracture. Sometimes it's not that black and white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I doubt it was as black and white as you know what he stated. Right. Um, sometimes there's a lot of gray areas. Is that edema? Is that a fracture? What is it? Um, so that's... I'll give the doctors benefit of the doubt because I've seen it in my practice where you're like, is that a radiologist? Maybe edema, maybe it's a fracture. Who knows what it is? Right. And so when you see that, you can say, okay, we could try to play. Now he played and played, it still hurt. Yeah. What he took was Toradol. So Toradol is an anti-inflammatory. It is not a pain. It is not like opioids. It's not a pain. You know, I guess it's a painkiller because it's anti-inflammatory. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's a shot. You could take it. They have it pill form, but it's a shot you take mostly, Mm -hmm. and it's a great. Uh, anti-inflammatory because a lot of times you have people in the hospital who are on like morphine and dilaudid which is very strong pain medicine and it's not touching them and they get a shot toward all and their pain goes away it's okay. it's really amazing so it's how, how it works very effective yeah. the problem with it is it can kill your kidneys so you can only like in the hospital when you give you only give up to three doses okay. then you got to wash people's kidneys because you can shut them down now he's young and healthy so they probably won't worry about it mm-hmm. but i guarantee they probably got some blood work on him if he's getting a toward all shot every week all right so listen to this because this is where Uh, kind of the intersection of physical pain, and then he starts to deal with mental pain, okay? Remember, he stepped away from the game because of mental health concerns. Right, so this is my – I was a little confused because I heard he stepped away from mental health and also that he got 
in trouble for gambling. He got popped for gambling after he had stepped away from mental health. Okay. Because he's sitting on the sidelines, and I'll never forget this. Um, guess what? This is how fantasy football intersects in the real world. The Hacker Fantasy League, it was Matt, Leon, and me, blood, sweat, and teal. That was our team, okay? We drafted Calvin Ridley in the second round, <laughs> okay? We drafted him in the second round. We were expecting big things from him, and then he steps away from the game. So us, the, the toothless, heartless general managers of a fantasy football team were like, oh, come on, I can't catch a break. <laughs> While Calvin Ridley steps away. But that's just fantasy football. That's our real world in fantasy football. But anyway, listen to this quote, because this is where the mental part comes in. He says, I still couldn't plant without painkillers. So you get trapped in the cycle where it's like, if you take this pill, you can run. After practice, once that painkiller wears off, you still have to come home and be a husband and a father. I can't even do anything but lie around in a dark room. That's when the anxiety really started. I knew something was off, but I didn't want to let anybody down. My plan was to get through another season with pills and shots, do my job, grit it out. I suited up week one as a shell of myself, but I played. Well, you know, props to him for uh, acknowledging that. Yeah. Right? And figuring that out. It's, it's it's not easy to, to say, okay, this is a problem, and I need to stop doing what I'm doing, especially when – Doing what you're doing is your livelihood, mm-hmm. and doing what you're doing, you enjoy doing it. But if it's giving you, you know, mental grief, you do have to kind of maybe reevaluate, and, and that's what he had to do. And you know, hopefully now he comes back better, stronger, faster. You know, right. like mentally, uh, uh, you know, different, better than he was uh, when when he stepped away. And we'll see how he does. Yeah, it's uh, it's something, man. When you see these guys go through what they go through, and I'm not saying that. You know, it's a perfect world. He knows he's got to play. He knows he's got to deal with pain. And we asked Leon Cersei about this on XL Primetime uh, during during the week. And he's like, it's with the classic line. This is not Leon talking, but the classic line is, what's your best ability? Availability. And, and Leon always says that, you know, they don't have a whole lot of concern and care for you if you are not on the field. They care for you. If you're on the field making plays for that. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And so that's just the harshness of the National Football League. But this isn't the only guy uh, that's had to deal with it. Well, you know, sometimes I'm sure a lot of this issue is these guys know their time is limited, mm-hmm. right? You only have X amount of years. And you're one injury away from never being able to play again and make money and do, do whatever it is that you think you, you, you need to do. But did you hear, this is kind of semi, maybe a couple weeks ago, about uh, Ocho Cinco. Right. He had an interview, um, and he said that he saved eighty percent of his money, mm-hmm. and all his jewelry that he wore. He had you know big earrings and stuff, all fake. He said, <laughs> "I bought cubic zirconium." He goes, "People thought they were real because they have a ton of money. So why wouldn't it be real, right?" He's so but smart. Why would I spend my money on things just so people think that I have money? Right. I would buy fake cubic zirconium earrings and necklaces. And walk around with it, and people thought they were diamonds, and I saved all my money. <laughs> That's just beautiful. I do love that. And and you might as well, because if, you, if you're if you smart, you can get through. I think it was Rob Gronkowski. Look, he went through some, some great years with Tom Brady up in New England, part of the Super Bowl winning team in Tampa. But he said it's all fleeting. That's why he was able to walk away from the game relatively early. Remember, he had bad back injuries, a handful of things that sidelined him probably more often than, than not. 
Anyway, kept all of his bonus money, every bit of it, pocketed it. And then he turns into this endorsement darling post yeah. uh, NFL career. Yeah, he's on every commercial. Yeah, and... so that dude's making bank. Yeah. That's for sure. All right, Doc, let's hit a couple of questions. And then I want to get back to the NFL Combine uh, because the NFL Combine, you educate us uh, this past week as far as the medical teams that diagnose injuries. Anyway, some injuries came out of the combine, yeah. so we're going to get to those. Well, here, here's a question. It's kind of a, in bullet point form. So this, I'll read it like it's written. 42-year-old, works out, labor job, grade 3 AC tear, slap tear, partial rotator cuff tear, left shoulder, left-handed, Whoa. surgery, question mark. So not a lot of context mm-hmm. in this. Uh, but it seems like it's a 42-year-old with a grade 3 AC injury. He also has a, a slap tear, which is a labrum tear, superior labrum from anterior okay. to posterior, and a partial cuff tear. It's his left arm, and he's left-handed. What should he do? All right, so AC joint tears. There's six types, one to six, right? Mm-hmm. So four, five, six are surgery all the time. One and two, no surgery. Three is where it becomes debatable. Do you do surgery? Do you not do surgery? It's, it's controversial. Uh, you know, you can go kind of either way. Um, they say if you're a laborer or an athlete, you should probably fix it. Now, I will tell you, they were talking about AC joint injuries at this NF, at this professional athlete course, and these guys were popping out extras of massive grade threes. And they're like, nope, let them play. Mm-hmm. Give them a shot, let them play. I'm like, oh. Um, but the problem is you can, and I've definitely let people try therapy and play with a type three injury. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's a mixed bag. Half of the people do therapy, they come in, they go, I feel fine. And then half people come back and say, look, I'm still struggling. Right. And right. so I think it's very reasonable if you have a grade three injury to try some therapy and see how you do. And if it doesn't work and you can't do your job, mm-hmm. do surgery. I don't think it's something you have to rush to surgery right away, but it's definitely something that uh, it should be talked about and discussed. And and if a patient says, look, just go straight to surgery, fine. If a patient says, let's try therapy first mm-hmm. and then see what happens, that's fine too. Um, but just be aware that it may lead to surgery. Yeah, because you – and I'm not even going to say that you're kicking the can down the road. You're trying everything you can. Yeah, and it doesn't change – I'll be honest. It does not change the surgery that much if you wait a couple months mm-hmm. for, for an AC joint injury. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, this can't fix it anymore, et cetera. Um, the other question – um, that kind of came in was tore both my Achilles tendons, having some issue with blood flow. Oh, and tingling down there, down there in his Achilles, Joe. Not yeah, let's there. make sure. Um, so he has tingling in his toes. Anything he can do to help relieve that stress? How did he tear both? Wow. Well, I, and I hope it's not at the same time. Yeah, <clears throat> but I'm assuming he had surgery. I don't know. He doesn't mention. Mm-hmm. Um, and looks like. He's having some blood flow issues in his Achilles. Maybe he's having a tendonitis or tendinosis, and he's tingling in his toes. I don't know why he's tingling in his toes. Um, you can have diabetic neuropathy, for Ooh. example. Diabetes right. can cause tingling in your toes. Mm. I will tell you there's a nerve right near the Achilles when we operate, the sural nerve, that can be injured during surgery. It's a very small nerve, so sometimes it's commonly injured. It's, you know, it's just part of the procedure, unfortunately, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you get some numbness in the bottom of your foot, but it doesn't really cause tingling. So okay. it doesn't sound like that's the issue. Um, but what he can do to help the blood flow, you can try PRP. They kind of, and you could poke around with the Achilles, try to get some blood flow in there. There's a procedure called 10X, T-E-N-E-X. Sometimes it can help get some blood flow ba- back. Um, you could try some stem cells. Hopefully that kind of stimulated it to, okay. to come back. Um, but really, besides those three things, 
you know, dry kneeling, you know, maybe get some stuff back. There's not a thing that's, hey, this is exactly what you do when you have right poor blood flow. And the tingling, I'm not sure why. Uh, that's usually not a result of the surgery. Sometimes people have this weird tingling after surgery, but that usually goes away. I don't know why he still has it chronic. Hey, and as the radio doctor that I am, uh, I, I've, I've been educated by you. There's just very You're my little, resident. Yes, exactly. Very little blood flow through that area. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's not a great area vascular wise, mm-hmm. right? So so that's the issue to begin with. All right, so NFL Combine. Now, uh, just repeat, just in short form, what you always talk about: uh, the learning ability for a medical team of doctors for the football team to gain a lot of intel at the NFL Combine. I mean, they talk to each other, right? Listen, um, there's no hiding because you don't want to hide it from the other guy, if you right. Mm-hmm. So then, because you don't want him to hide anything from you, right? So you just like, listen, here's the deal: he had the surgery. This is how it went. This is how he's doing. End of story. It is what it is, right? And then the the doc the the team looks at it, evaluates that injury. They get MRIs to see how it's doing. And a lot of these guys that are the college Mm -hmm. doctors Mm -hmm. help out the professional teams, right? Like they don't just have that one doctor that goes. They have a couple doctors Mm -hmm. that go and they talk about it. So you could be the team doctor for I don't know whatever FSU, right? But you still help about. The Miami Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. That's very common. So that can happen. So that's why, and it's good too because you know, like if that's your player, what kind of surgery they had, et cetera. Yeah. So they all they all talk to each other about it, and they'll discover injuries that, that they may not have been aware of. That the guy was hoping that he had rehabbed uh, to the point where, like as an example, Miles Jack, which he was diagnosed with a bad back that might need microfracture surgery, or excuse me, bad knee that might need microfracture surgery later in his NFL career, four, five, six years down the road. It caused him to tumble in the draft. He didn't have to deal with that in the first five or six years. Yeah. It's crazy, but that's what happened. Just so you know, microfracture surgery is now old school. Yeah, it's it, People still do it. I'm not going to say it shouldn't do it, but right. the studies have not proven it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's not worth its weight. Now, one came out. There's one big one, but then I want to bring this other guy up first. Offensive lineman running the 40-yard dash. And I'm not saying he ripped up his hamstring, but he had a grade two hamstring injury by running the 40-yard dash. Why is an O-lineman running 40 exactly. yards? That's exactly it. Wayne Morris is the guy that uh, uh, did it, and he ends up, you know, I don't know whether it's going to hurt his draft stock or not, uh, uh, you know, 100%, because he can easily rehab and all this kind of stuff. But what you just said, Doc, somebody uh, on, on this story, this is exactly why O-linemen shouldn't have to run the 40. This situation would never consistently happen in a game. Yeah, I mean, they don't run 40 yards. No. But, yeah, you know, one, two, three, uh, grade one, two, three, we talk about this a, a lot. And, um, you know, they, they take up, they can take a while. Usually you don't do any surgery. The only time you ever do surgery on a hamstring is when you actually avulse it mm-hmm. from your, your ischial tuberosity. So those two butt bones you got when you sit down, that's where your hamstring comes from and if it actually rips off of that then you need to to reattach it but if you just tear the belly of it it's just rest right rest and, and wait how about this story doc this is a, a total kick in the in the rear end but at the same time this guy's uh, you know you might just throw the warrior label on him in a football world andrew Voorhees, okay offensive lineman uh won the morris trophy winner in the pac-12 first team all-american he goes to the combine. He's expected to be drafted pretty dang high, okay? He tears his ACL. 
in lineman drills. Last day of the combine. He's gone through everything he needed to go through. Tackle slash guard being looked at as a top, top at the at the bare minimum, probably top two rounds, maybe high third round. Um, and he tears his ACL. I mean, that absolutely sucks. There's no rhyme or reason for it. You have oh. educated us on that. Well, let me say this. There is some reasoning. We have studies on why, but a lot of the reasoning is the way your body is. Mm-hmm. is and, and, and why some people tear it and don't is unknown, but we have some, some reasons on, on why people are more prone uh-huh. to tear. How about this? After he tells, tears his ACL, he continues to compete in the combine. Just kept going. You know what he did? He went and said, okay, let's go ahead and do the bench press afterwards. Pumped out 38 reps. How long would it take you and I combined to do 38 <laughs> reps of 225 pounds? Um, 38 years? <laughs> I, uh, are you kidding me? I don't know. That's, I mean, listen, that's impressive. Yeah, Very it, impressive. Yeah. And props for him because he made, what is it, uh, lemonade out of lemons? Oh, yeah. I guess that they oh, yeah. say. Um, so I think that's good for him. That's awesome. You know, he, he needed to. He wanted to show, hey, I still have something. I'm not just ACL tearing. Yeah, I'm not a quitter. And I thought that was great for him. We'll find out. You know, 6'6", 310 pounds, Doc. 6'6", 310. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get back and rehab that battle. Definitely. I mean, we're talking about nine months. But two things. One, I want to talk about F1 before we go. Yeah. Uh, But did you see that, and I didn't even know this was a question, and why it's a question is beyond me, Mm -hmm. but NFL teams can no longer ask draft prospects if their mother is a sex worker. Yeah, how about that? Why is that even a question that they're asking? Uh, like, what does that do with them? I want to go back, and I'm sure you might be able to find. I mean, that's kind of rude. I mean, like, and who cares what your mom or dad yeah. do? Uh, you want to you want to talk about some of the craziness that's come out of this? Social media has definitely helped reveal some of the. I'm just going to call them asinine questions uh, that that general managers or or scouts or potential who knows coaches whatever ask these players. And and I'm running through my brain the player that said this. He was former former Dallas Cowboy wide receiver, and he had a, a little bit of a, of a tough upbringing. And I think his mom had been jailed, and she might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I'm just going to say she might have been involved in prostitution, okay. and I can't quite recall. But where do you draw the line? I, I think your parents have nothing to do with you. Right. It, it, when it comes to your job, like if I were to go apply for a job, no one's going to say, uh, what does your dad or mom right. do? Tell me about your parents. Yeah. And then ask a question as to whether or but, not that's going to limit whether they hire look, you. And I understand if you say, hey, tell me about your family. Like, just, I want to know about the person. Who mm-hmm. are you as a person? And I get that. Right. But to be so specific, to be like, is this what your mom does? Yeah. Like, what kind of question is that? That's Unbelievable. Kind of, and and so, weird. yeah, that was a big, big deal. Yeah. And so. That's it, weird. And. They are trying to figure everything out because they're making a multi-million dollar investment in a long-term decision. You, you know when that. you they should do like they do when you apply for residency. You can't ask people, "Are you, are you pregnant?" You can't ask people, "Are you pregnant?" Or do you mm-hmm. want to get pregnant or whatever? Because some people will use it against you, saying, "Oh, you're going to get pregnant. Right. You're going to take two months off. Or you're not coming here." Right? I mean, it's true. It's true. And so you just ask, you know, uh, tell me about you, and then people just divulge, "I'm married. I have a kid. I want," to, and they'll just start talking about. It. So yeah. if that's the only way. Right. You can't ask that you question. You can't ask it. But if yeah. people want to divulge this one thing. So Formula One, I know we got to yeah, hit it a minute. Ferrari, Joe is cursed. Leclerc, he had to change his power unit, which you only get two during the year, right uh-huh. before the first race of the season because after practice it bombed on him. And then he had engine trouble and he had to bow out of the race during the race. Verstappen, Red Bull's number one. 
Perez, Red Bull number two. But we have a shocker, Joe Aston Martin. Oh. Alonso, who they were not that great last year, right. have an amazing car, and they are he was number three. So it's not Verstappen and, and no you know, one else and you know, Lance, stopping him. Well, Verstappen's number one, but Alonso now is number three. He's way up than he was. Now, Stroll, who's the son of the billionaire, mm-hmm. right, who said just kind of racing me because his daddy's a billionaire. <laughs> well, guess what? He's number six in an Aston Martin. And so maybe they finally have a good car this year and – Love they, it. They might do well. All right, we're going to keep an eye on them. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on Kevin Durant, ankle injury, and dude just getting his son's career started. We may have to bring him up next week, but he did go down with injury uh, earlier this past week. We just ran out of time. All right, Doc, we're out of here. We say thanks to all of you listening. If we missed out on a question, we'll try and get to it next week. Uh, where can they find Breaking Bones? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or 1010XL. And Instagram? Uh, Dr. George Barry. 1010 Joe C. I have to put mine out there too. I don't have any surgical videos like you do, but both of us are on. Have a great weekend, Doc. Let's have a great Sunday at the Players. All right. Have fun, Joe. Joe C., Dr. George Bari. We'll talk to you next Sunday. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.